Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. You know, we're finishing up our work in the game of life and how to play it. So the idea of the book, and I think an intriguing one, is that we're to be spiritual detectives. And and I was kind of intrigued by that when I read it. So let me explain a little bit. If God is all there is, that means that all of the resources, all of the good, all of the, well, anything you could need, all of the love, all of the life, all of the health, it's all available in spirit because spirit is everything that there is. Then the question that arises, well, if that's true, why does it seem a little elusive in my life? If all that good is right there, why is it elusive? And uh, Ms. Shin does something wonderful. She says, well, it's only elusive if you're a bad detective. (laughs) (laughs) And so what she says is all the clues are there. Literally all of the clues for you to live your best life are right there. The resources are there. So it's just that we're not seeing them. And so if you, you know, lean back into some of the old TV shows you probably watched when you were a kid, whether it was Murder, She Wrote, or, you know, The Orient Express, or, you know, all of those detective novels and movies and TV shows that you might have watched, it was about following the leads, wasn't it? It was about noticing the small little things around you that would lead you into the direction of solving the mystery. And she says the good life is no different than that. That all of the clues are right there. That spirit is more than willing to share the good life with you as long as you're awake and as long as you're aware. As long as you have your eyes open to actually follow the leads. Let me, let me read just a little bit from the book because I think she does a great job of explaining it. She says, I have often been asked just exactly how to make a demonstration. And by demonstration, she means that the willful movement of an idea that we have into its fruition. So she says, I've often been asked just exactly how to make a demonstration. I reply, speak the word and then don't do anything until you see a definite lead. Demand the lead, saying, infinite spirit, reveal to me the way. Let me know if there is something for me to do. And the answer will come through intuition or a hunch, a chance remark from someone, a passage in a book, etc. The answers can be sometimes quite startling in their exactness, but the leads will come. And she further outlines what I would say a two-step process to really speed a manifestation. The first one, she says, is to acknowledge God or your higher power. And she uses a Bible quote, uh, this particular one. She says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Her first step in these two steps is to acknowledge that God has what you want. 
right? If God is infinite source, then anything you could want, whether it's love, whether it's a financial success, whether it's good health, it's all in God. It's all available. And it would be God's good pleasure to give it to you. But first we have to acknowledge that it exists. You know, sometimes I think that we're used to poverty speaking. And I, and I don't just mean money. I mean poverty speaking in all areas of our lives. There isn't enough love left over for me. There isn't enough peace in my life. There, there just isn't enough of it. And first, I got to tell you, you're wrong. I, and, and I don't make that claim very often. Usually, usually I recognize that, that people just need a, a little adjustment to be made. But here, here there's a fundamental difference that I want to point out. The universe has never been bankrupt. The universe has never lacked for a darn thing. And if we believe that we're connected to that universe, if we believe that we have the keys to the kingdom, that it is God's good will to see that we are prospered, and I don't mean just in money, I mean in everything, then any time we say that we're in the midst of lack or limitation, anytime we say, I don't have the intelligence to pull this off, anytime that we say, uh, there's something blocking my flow, it is just, just in our imagination. We're not following the leads, the clues to our own good. Now, sometimes it's because we're in a pity party. Is everyone familiar with the idea of a pity party? Where, where through whatever circumstances are going on, it just seems easier to play the victim for a while than it does to move on. And I totally get that. But if it persists more than a few hours, wait a minute, you're in control of that party. You're throwing the party. Maybe it's time to walk out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And start following the clues. So let me give you some examples on following the clues. Because I think sometimes they stare us right in the face and we walk on. Sometimes there's that part of us that thinks, well, this can't be good information, or this is too good to be true. It is never too good to be true. You are always worthy of the good life. And so we start, as she says, by acknowledging that God, or our higher power, is all available. So, so you can start, if you want to make a good manifestation, let's say you want to find the perfect job for yourself. The first thing you want to claim is all of the activities that I could ever desire are in the mind of spirit. The best jobs are there. The best uh, careers are there. The best of everything is there. I don't have to find it because it's there. Think about this for a minute. Oftentimes we, we view ourselves as searchers. I'm going to find that perfect love. I'm going to find that perfect job. I'm going to hunt down the good life, right? Like you were running some fleeing prey to ground. I'm going to hunt down my joy. But you don't have to. It's available if we follow the clues. So once we've said that it's in spirit, once we have said that God has it, then all I have to do is just ask for it because it is always God's good pleasure to give it to us. So first we acknowledge, these are her two steps. First we acknowledge 
that in spirit is the good life, that the job that I want is available in God, that the money I need to go back to school is in spirit, that the love that I desire, the peace that I desire, the good health that I deserve is right in the midst of spirit. And then we just simply ask for it. Because we don't have to hunt it down. It's right there. And so we might say in affirmations like, my good health is at hand right now. The perfect job for me is available now. The true love of my life is as close as my own breath. You bring it into the immediacy of your awareness. And then all you have to do is follow the clues. So her two steps again, acknowledge that God has it. You know that it's available. God has it and God is always willing to share You stake your claim. It can be a very short affirmation of what you want to achieve or experience. And then we start looking for clues. And the clues will be all around you. You will see billboards that refer to it. You will hear a friend say something about it. You'll notice the words in a book or a magazine or online. Suddenly, everywhere, you know the blue car theory, right? Have you ever played the blue car game? I know, I know we've done this before. And in fact, LaRonda is going, we sang that song, right? So the blue car game is a simple one. You're in the car with friends and you start trying to look for blue cars. And, uh, and at first, it's a little bit spotty. But before the end of the day, it seems like half of the cars out there are blue. And, and of course, the game is easy. Whoever sees the blue car first gets a point. And so at the end of the day, you know, you know the winner gets it's pizza or whatever. But the amazing thing about the blue car game is the game is over. For the next week, blue cars are everywhere. (laughs) So know that the clues to your happiness are everywhere. Know that the leads that Ms. Shin is talking about are there for you, and they will be. In fact, once you are on the track of your good, like a good detective, the signs and portents and ideas in the next step will suddenly be everywhere. It'll be more like taking choices for your good rather than hunting it down. It will suddenly seem available everywhere. So back to these steps. It's very simple. It's it's really the, I would say, it's one of the seminal teachings in this book. We know that God has what we want. We make our claim for what we want. And then we simply start looking for the clues. Now keep in mind, let me go back to that quote for just a minute. She says, We demand what we want. Infinite Spirit, reveal to me the way. Let me know if there is anything for me to do. But then we just wait. We do not have to take action until we start seeing the clues. Until the leads are there for us. Don't think you have to rush into action. You will know what to do. Your intuition, your gut feeling, your your sense of what is right will lead you into the path effortlessly. 
Okay, it's time to move on to something else. One of the other things I wanted to talk about today is the law of karma. And so to get us started, of course, I managed to find a, a joke for you. So my friend and I thought we'd try out a new restaurant called Karma. The friendly host seated us and brought us glasses of water, but then disappeared. Well, after about 10 minutes, we finally flagged down a waiter. She apologized. Sorry for the wait. Your food should be out shortly. Before I could say anything more, she was off. Finally, a server did bring us food. What the heck? My friend got a piece of apple pie, and I got a sort of a lemony, vinegary tart. What's going on here? I snapped. No menu, no entree, these weird little pies. The server shook her head. Oh, so sorry. I thought you knew. This is the Karma restaurant. No menus, no entrees. We just serve your just desserts. (laughs) I thought you'd like it. (laughs) Okay, okay. So how does... All right. Go ahead and laugh some more. (laughs) So how does that relate to this idea of manifestation. Because there is a caveat around manifesting our dreams, and it's one that Ernest Holmes points out all the time in some of his works, and that is, our good should not come at the expense of anyone else. And it doesn't need to either. So if, in your wildest fantasies of what you want, you see people being harmed, you want to avoid that. God has a way of bringing what you want into the world without it harming anyone. But I got to tell you, if harm is involved, there's this little butt kicker going, right? Because the law of karma basically says what you put out will be returned to you. Sometimes even it's amplified. I, I have noticed that a bit. And so we put out goodness into the world. Goodness is returned to us, often amplified. But if we put out harm, if we put out negative vibes, I just have to say that too will get returned to us. And sometimes with, again, a dividend. So know that your good does not need to come at the expense of anyone. And you know, so often I don't even worry about the law of karma. It is often God's goodwill to make sure that your intentions around what you want are pure. Very, very few people, I think, imagine they're good and at the same time think, well, of course, this is going to destroy someone else and I'm okay with that. So I would not overly worry about the law of karma because I think we tend to go the other way. I think we often underestimate the good that we can receive. I think very often we put limits on our good. Even when we're following the clues, even when we're being a good detective around uh, noticing the avenues we need to move in to receive our good, we will cut ourselves short. And I want to use an example from my youth. My stepfather was a bit of a builder. Specifically, he did a lot of HVAC work for new construction. And a friend of his, he was down in Newport, Oregon, a good friend of his uh, also in the business worked up here in Portland. And my stepfather got a call from his friend up here in Portland. They were building condos down along the Willamette River. Uh, Does everyone know where the old spaghetti factory is down on the Willamette River? Have you noticed those kind of shishi condos that are right next to them? 
So that was the condo complex. And my stepfather's friend was one of the subcontractors and was wondering if he was going to get paid. The whole development got in trouble when it was being built. And they were doing about everything they could to try to not have the whole thing actually go into bankruptcy. And so my stepfather uh, did a very good deed, I think, around coming up and helping his friend. You know, they they finished a few units and they were selling them at, at sort of bargain prices. And, and, and through my stepfather's efforts and his friend, so, sort of the enterprise was saved. But I got to tell you, nearly every week my stepfather would come home telling us about these beautiful and lovely condos, you know, with the river view and the terraces and all of these things. And it never once occurred to him that he could buy one for $100,000. It's like his good was focused on the friendship, right? His good was focused on being a helper. But yet, he did nothing but talk about how beautiful these condos were, right? Well, one sold the other day for $3.2 million. And they were selling them for $100,000 when they were being built. Because they were in a bind. Now, would buying one of those condos have caused harm to anyone else? No wasn't a question of karma. It was a question of low expectations. He followed the lead, but did he follow it all the way? He followed it just as far as helping a friend. So I got to ask you, are your dreams big enough? Are your aspirations full enough? And when you claim one, Remember the two steps. First, we acknowledge that exists in God, and then we claim our boldness, our, our fierce desire. I see myself and I claim myself finishing up my degree this year, or wh- whatever it is you're going to claim. Then you start noticing the clues. Here's an ad about Portland State in the newspaper or whatever it might be. All right, I ought to call them. Maybe they have a maybe they have a student aid program or something. Maybe I can get back in school. And so you take that first step, you follow that lead. But are you going to follow through? Are you going to keep following the leads all the way to your finished goal? See, that would be my question. Or are you going to follow as long as it's convenient? Are you going to follow the leads as long as it feels like you're satisfied as opposed to the end goal? Because I see that all of the time. I think so often we move along the lines of our good until we stop feeling the pain. Does that resonate with you a little bit? When we're in pain, when we feel like there's no love for us, when we feel like there's no good in our lives, oh my gosh, won't we do just about anything to reduce the pain? But I got to tell you, there's almost like some ceiling level. Once that pain is removed to a certain extent, suddenly our dreams are out the window. Suddenly that which was our heart's most fondest desire just seems out of out of reach still, but it's suddenly okay because I'm not feeling the discomfort anymore. I know that you are capable of more than that. 
I know that every single one of you can achieve your life's goals. I'm looking around the room right now to see if I can find any exceptions. (laughs) And I promise I'll be brutally honest, maybe afterwards, not in public. No, no, I'm not seeing a one. There is none of you that cannot have your life's dreams fulfilled. What are the two steps? We claim that God has what we want, what we desire, what we're going to choose to have. We make the claim on that goodness. The cause degree is mine. The love of my life is mine. The right and perfect job or employment is mine. The new home is mine. And then we follow the clues. You know, this book is an interesting book. It ends with just a series of affirmations. And I thought I would try something out on you if you're willing. You know I always close with a prayer. So I thought I would start out a prayer like I usually do. I'm going to read her lovely affirmations in the middle of it. And then we'll close with gratitude and and the way we usually close. Because I have to tell you, her affirmations are powerful and lovely. So let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. Only this one thing, and it is everything. It is the storehouse of everything that you could ever desire. And it's as close as your own breath, as close as your own thoughts. And so on this day, I make some bold claims, and yet they are true claims. God is my unfailing supply. And large sums of money come to me quickly, under grace, and in perfect ways that harm no one. Only that which is true of God is true of me, for I and Spirit are one. As I am one with God, I am one with my good, for God is both the giver, the receiver, and the gift itself. I cannot separate the giver from the gift. Divine love now dissolves and dissipates every wrong condition in my mind, my body, and my affairs. Divine love is the most powerful chemical in the universe. It dissolves everything which is unlike itself. Divine love floods my consciousness with health, and every cell in my body is filled with divine light. I am divinely sensitive to my intuitive leads. I give myself instant obedience to divine will. And finally, this one from last week, I cast all burden on the Christ within, and I go free. And in great gratitude, I just acknowledge, I acknowledge the magnificence of God as it enters into all of our lives. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Oh my gosh, I'm getting choked up here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. 
The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.